Yo, yo, yo. Can you hear me? Well, I hope. I hope you're listening. Because we have exciting news. The Misguided Podcast just released a GoFundMe page to help provide kids with financial literate books. That's right. You heard it. And you can be a part of it, too. To find out more information, visit The Misguided Podcast on Instagram. Find that link and help support. Why the world make me feel misguided? I can't hide it. I'ma shake the globe, change it. Why they don't share this? Who else know this? I smell rodents. I'ma shake the globe till they feel it. Why the world make me feel misguided? I can't hide it. I'ma shake the globe, change it. Why they don't share this? Who else know this? I smell rodents. I'ma shake the globe till they feel it. What's up, everybody? This is the Misguided Podcast. We intend to guide you to a better future. The purpose of this podcast is to do exactly that. We will dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs and highlight what makes them successful, but also pinpoint mistakes they've made and how to improve them. Our goal is to make you start thinking about building generational wealth through business. I hope you enjoy, and if you do, please rate this podcast and leave a review. And now, let's get started. What's up, everybody? My name is Jawan Rohan, and this is the Misguided Podcast. We intend to guide you to a better future. I'm sitting here with KR, uh, co-founder of KJ Consulting, property management, and a real estate investor. How you doing today, my brother? I'm doing well. Mad excited to be on the platform. Can't wait till we get this party started. <laughs> I know, right, man? It's, it's a beautiful day outside, too. It's super sunny. The weather's been kind of weird, though. It's like sunny one day and then windy. And like we have a lot of uh, uh, windstorms here in California right now. Um, as you know, we're like, obviously, fires are crazy, but it's about to be fire oh, season. So the devil is busy and global warming. It might be his nickname. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, but no, I appreciate you coming up here. Uh, we'll go ahead and, and start on your story. Um, let's go ahead and get started about where you're from. So I grew up in Philadelphia uh, in a working class neighborhood. We moved around all the time. Six siblings, single parent household. My mother was on welfare. We had food insecurity. We had housing insecurity. We had so many issues to deal with that I tell people, look, we moved so much. I feel as though I have a PhD in being a tenant. Uh, I remember vividly at the young age of probably like six or five or what have you. I remember very vividly one time our house had burned down. And an elementary teacher brought us KFC. And she brought my favorite, which is original KFC. So if you ever see me, make sure you have that. But she bought mashed potatoes and she bought mac and cheese. I was like, yo, you're killing me because I, I love the coleslaw. But I remember that vividly because I can look upstairs. The whole third floor was missing and I could see the stars. And at that moment, I had a burning desire for to achieve financial independence and also build a legacy for my family. So I never have to go do that again. And so I went to public school in Philadelphia, some of the bad schools there. Uh, I managed to do really well and got a full scholarship and went off to Bowdoin College and study history and English. And then I worked on Wall Street and finance, but I always knew I wanted to be an investor. And so I started to uh, study the individual houses, rentals, and bought my first rental in 2009. And then I bought, uh, I got up to two, about 2018, I got to nine rentals. Then 2019, I reached 35 rentals. And then 2020, I hit 105. And so I bought 70 during the pandemic. I had my own property management business. 
And so I was able to come from nothing, a negative net worth, to now being well over worth $5 million. So it's been quite the journey. Yeah, um, and that's a little bit of my background. That is a journey, man. 70 properties in a pandemic when everyone is struggling. That is, that's impressive. So congrats to that, man. Um, and you just Thank passed the hundred mark in 2020. Yeah. Uh, nice. What's your, what's your next milestone? I guess a like hundred's pretty big. So for me, after we, after I passed that 100 unit uh, milestone, I said, how can I build my legacy? Cause I'm not self-made, I'm community made. Yeah. And so what I mean by that is the people around me, I want to make sure that they're being elevated because they all poured into me. So I started KJ Consulting with my business partner, where he was initially one of my students, a private student, and then he became a debt investor. Then we decided to partner on two or three apartment buildings. And then we started KJ Consulting, where we educate people on my philosophy on how to buy individual houses and also buy apartment buildings. And that's um, primarily driven through our website and also KJ Consulting. So that's part of what I'm going in the future, educating people, but continue to invest in apartment buildings and large, large complexes going forward. So that's that's how I see myself moving forward in terms of what I like to do transformational wealth. And, and I can get into that a little bit later, but that is what I'm focused on, my legacy, which is through transformational wealth and also educating people. Nice. I love it. No, well said. Um, well said. It's like you, it's like you answered this like a thousand times already. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to switch up the questions make them a little harder now, nah, but, um, I, I, I want to talk about your, um, your journey on wall street. That's super interesting. Um, and you might be the first person I've interviewed that worked in finance on wall street. So what made you want to get that, get into that at first and how was it working there? So I grew up in Philadelphia. Um, and in our, in our household, my mother was the only parent there. And I remember she was struggling with finances. And I also remember going to our local church and we always have to raise money. And so when local businesses were shut down, they were had really passionate people. All these people were very passionate. Yeah. But the thing that got to me is that they didn't know how to manage money. So when I was 14, I started reading books about financial management, about wealth management, about real estate. And so I realized that I was dirt poor. So I wanted to go off to college and every summer I wanted to explore the finance food chain. So I did American Express, uh, freshman summer, potential security, sales and trading, investment banking at Credit Suisse and the technology group. And then I went to Goldman Sachs. So I always knew I wanted to get into finance. And so I went to Wall Street pretty much so I can build. First, I went to college to get the intellectual capital. Then I went to Wall Street to get that financial capital because I needed money. And now I have also the social capital and the relationships like my business partner and other people so that I could be successful in real estate. And so when I was on Wall Street, there were only like about five or six uh, African-Americans that were in the investment banking front office doing traditional mergers and acquisitions and things of that nature. And I was fortunate enough to be one of them. And so I learned the best practices and also how to work hard and how to do build deal, big, big deals. I worked on billion dollar deals, million dollar deals, and it was a great learning opportunity. Then I went to go work for a hedge fund as well. So that opened my eyes a lot. Um, yeah. At the hedge fund, I covered US home builders and UK home builders. And so I understand how to think about it as an investor from afar, passive investor. And then I also know how to think about it as a practitioner. So that's how uh, my journey on Wall Street evolves from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's really cool. Wow. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't leave. You left Wall Street not too long ago, correct? Maybe like how, how many years ago? I retired I retired, retired August 31st, 2020. That's and okay. I, uh, yep, and I, I hit my 105 unit mark on September 8th. 
2020. That is, yeah, that's crazy. So, so you've been working, uh, how long were you on Wall Street? How many years were you working? So I, I graduated from uh, college. So I went from 2005 and okay. I worked my butt off and retired in 2020. So, you so I went I two years off to go to business school. I went to Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth. Okay. So 13 years, uh, 13 years on Wall Street and then like two years, uh, uh, I guess, yeah, like about two years into real estate and you're already worth way more doing real estate in just two years than you were 13 years oh, yeah. so, in, in five but I, start, but I did start, I bought my first rental unit in 2009. Okay. So I had the first one in 2009, then I got to nine units by 2018. Okay. And then I got to 35 units in 2019. And then um, I got to 105 in 2020. So I took the first nine years mm -hmm. to build up the experience, the track record, and the relationships. So I would keep my day job to save all my money. And then I would keep my day job to save all my money from the real estate business for the first nine years. And then I got enough money for the down payments to start buying apartment buildings in 2019 and 2020. So yeah. that was my strategy. I Keep your head down, save your money, and save all the money from the refis because I will fix these uh, distressed properties up. Refi, get 80000 60000 put that in a bank account. Get the rental income, put that in a bank account. Keep my regular job, live off that. Then you have enough money for these big buildings. If something costs a $1 million, then you can put down $200,000 for the down payment. Yep. So that was my strategy. I think the important thing to know is the time because you said you bought your first one in 2009 and now it's 2021. So it took you years of preparation. Like you said, you you were learning nice. um, throughout the whole the whole process. And most importantly, you were making connections. You know, um, yes. you need to, yeah. when, when doing the burst, because you're, you're kind of doing the burst strategy, right? Oh, I did, I did do that. Yeah. yeah. So when, when doing the burst strategy and any other strategy, but it's super important to make sure you have your connections and orders. You know, you need a contractor. You need a really dope, dope ass real estate agent, right? Who's finding you these properties that are under market. Um, you need someone um, and you need these people who are going to like, be your team, especially if you're investing out of state where you're not able to go to the property and see it visually exactly. every yeah. other day. So, yeah. um, yeah, man, that's crazy. That's a crazy journey. Um, and congrats. Oh, yeah. How was buying a property in 2009? Well, actually it was crazy <laughs> as all hell because my family said, what the hell? The yeah. world's coming to an end. You have yeah. the great recession. People lose their money taking their own lives and you out of everybody coming out here talking about you want to buy a property. It's because some of the very successful people, what they said, like um, Rockefeller and a number of other people have said, buy when there's blood industry, even if it's your own blood. So what I said is, look, I'm young. I'm in my twenties. I got it. You don't have to be great to get started, but you have to be, you have to get started to be great. So I said, I'm going to go get something. I had a foreclosed property um, and I learned the whole process from A to Z for how do you find contractors, how you work with them. At the time I was living in Boston and it was quite a journey. What was so crazy is that a lot of people were trying to get out of real estate because they took on, they had these no doc loans. So you had a lot of people who didn't know how money management, didn't do any risk management. And so a lot of people were losing their houses and a lot of tenants, a lot of people were looking to find places to rent because they couldn't afford to buy a house any longer. So therefore they had to trade down and become tenants. So it was fascinating to be able to do it in 2009, just to be at the front line of when the world's coming to an end. 
when others are super greedy, that's when you probably should think otherwise. And when they, they're not being greedy, that's when I decided to be greedy. And so from 2009, I didn't have enough money for down payments, so I only bought one. But I said, if this ever happens again, where the world is coming to an end like it did in 2020, I said, I'm going to back up the truck and I'm buying everything. Yeah. I'm taking everybody's babies because I, I can sit in my house with babies. I'm coming to take everything. Yeah. And so that's why I bought seven units because I said, if you're ready, you don't have to get ready. So by that time, I had the three R's, which is track record, relationships, and uh, reputation. And I also had the three C's, which is intellectual capital, which you get from coaches or you get from taking courses. And I had that financial capital and I actually had that social capital. So I said, let me take my three R's, and my three C's, and let's go buck wild. And so that's how I was able to benefit. I like those three R's and uh, three C's. Um, I love that. Um, yeah, it's just crazy because like in 2008, 2009, obviously the worst housing um, market ever. Um, but 2020, like the housing market, like was pretty good, you know, like, so it was like, it, it, it's two different, um, I guess, recessions, right? But but like 2008 was literally built off the housing market. That's why the whole world exactly. collapsed. Yeah. 2020 was based off of a virus, but the housing market was still like crazy. Um, so and what, what's interesting is that on the surface, the housing market was crazy. Yeah. But when you peel back the onion, a lot of people were able to keep their houses because mm -hmm. the, government the government put measures in place. The government yeah. said, People who have student loans, we're going to defer that. You don't even have to pay your student loans. So someone who had their own personal residence may have lost their house because yep. they lost their job. And if they had to pay their student loans, they didn't have to do that. Some people actually were able to get in loan deferment programs where you actually pay later. The bank doesn't make you pay right now. So now that those things are starting to dry up, some of those people are going to have to face some type of hardship. What was really fascinating is that you're always going to have – just really natural, you're always going to have this panic moment where some people are going to say, let me get out on the top or let me just get out of the business because there's too much stress. And so I went after those sellers who said, look, this is just crazy. I just want to retire. I'm an elderly person. I want to spend time with my loved ones. Yeah. I no longer want to deal with the day to day. And so that opens up an opportunity for us because some people are saying, oh, these tenants are not going to play, not going to pay. They're in these programs where the government's paying for rent. Then we're going to have to go through evictions. So I came knocking on the door. I said, if you have an issue, don't call the Ghostbusters, call KJ Consulting. <laughs> and so that, that's how we stepped in and were able to take advantage of, of the weakness in the market. Yeah, love it. And uh, before we move on, I just want to point out that um, you're absolutely right on that, that the government is, it was protecting everyone. Um, but since I, uh, I'm a realtor, so I, I know like the laws and everything. But June 30th um, of this year is when that COVID, uh, that COVID protection for renters uh, is going to go away. So, um, yes. you know, all throughout the year, they were protected. They couldn't get evicted because of COVID. Um, that yeah. goes away June 30th. Um, and I believe um, it's 25% of what they have to pay back on, on a past due rent. So 25% is a shit lot, uh, yeah. especially now. So a lot of people won't be able to, to pay that. So my predictions is that there's going to be a lot of more houses uh, on the market going into what late, late spring, uh, early fall, maybe even winter, because obviously the eviction process takes a while. Um, yeah. But right now, inventory is like super low. Um, yes. I still, I don't think there's going to be a, um, um, real estate market crash. 
Um, I just think there's going to be more inventory on the market so that the prices will be lower than they are today. I agree. I, I agree. I think we're not going to go, we're not going to have a great recession situation, yeah. but you are going to have more inventory than you have yeah. right now. Facts, facts. Um, just want to let all the, the renters know June 30th. That's what I tell all my, my uh, people looking to, to buy a house right now because they'd be so stressed out. They walk in, they're like, oh my God, the offers are due tomorrow. Like I got to put a, a down payment, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, yo, chill, chill. You're not in a rush. Like, you know, like continue to rent. Like, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, anyways, um, how were you first introduced into real estate? So you talked about it a little bit, but like, was there a book that just like made you like, I'm going from Wall Street to real estate? What made you put your foot in that door? You know? So for me, it, it was not necessarily a book. When I was growing up, I remember walking around in Philadelphia with my um, stepdad or what have you, or walking around with a loved one and, uh, he would say, oh, this house is definitely going to be worth something one day. Yeah. And we would just imagine and dream about, look, if you were able to buy that, what would you do with it? So I think just being a, around young people who probably didn't, and family members, you probably didn't even buy a lot of properties. Um, at the time, my stepdad didn't own a property. And it just made me dream and say, hey, look, someone's going to have to replace these people. So I would see like a bus driver. I would say someone's going to have to replace the bus driver. I would see a homeless person. Someone's going to have to replace the homeless person. I would see a landlord or a businessman and say someone would have to replace them. And I said, I want to replace the businessman and a landowner. I don't want to replace the drug dealer or replace the plumber. So you got to figure out where you fit in and decide who you want to replace. And so that's how my eyes start to open. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to go into real estate um, and also understand wealth and money management as a young person. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just were you taught generational wealth, how to manage money at a young age? No, no. I was taught generational hell. Like <laughs> if, you, if you want to go through hell, do what my family did. So I had a brother that went to prison for attempted murder one year younger than me. I had sisters um, who had children as, as teenagers. I had uh, family members. We moved around all the time, was homeless a few times. So I was just taught generational hell. I was like, damn, I got to get out of hell. I said, yeah. I know if yeah. I can just get out of this, then we'll be able to elevate and change my game. And I can stop being this mode of like survival where you're going left or right. You're just trying to survive. And I like to get into that mode where I say you're like, you're in the flow. So then things are like, your, your, your J is all easy. You starting to know how to manage money. You're paying your bills. You're not stressed. It's just like you're in that flow. And so I had to teach myself about generational wealth, but primarily what I call transformational wealth. So generational wealth, I learned as I got older, which is like, I buy something, leave it for one of my relatives. They get it in 30 or 40 years. Instead, what KJ Consulting, what we talk about is generational wealth, which is like left to right and right to, uh, to left. And what I mean by that is like, so my brother, I convinced him to get a real estate license. I do a million dollar deal. He gets a 3% commission. He gets $30,000. He's able to go take that money and put a, a down payment yep. on a house for a five um, for his five children in Abington. So now he created wealth. Not only that, he continues to work with me. He's able to gift his in-laws 
$8,000. Now they're moving out of an apartment and now they own a house. So now yeah. my family, we, I own real estate. Now my brother owns real estate. His in-laws own real estate. My aunt is helping out with cleaning. My two nephew and my niece, they're interns. So what you have there is we're creating transformational wealth. We're transforming the lives of everyone around me. So my business partner in 2018, he wasn't a millionaire, but now he's He's a millionaire. So now what we're doing is what I call transformational wealth. Everybody that's in my circle and in my community, we want to transform your lives today, not tomorrow. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I think it's also a transformation of energy, right? And what I mean by that is obviously energy bounces off, right? You get negative energy, bounces off negative energy. Um, and sometimes what I notice is when you're trying to build generational wealth and transfer your ideas, your wealth thinking onto others in the family, sometimes it's not seen or taken as well as you hope, right? Sometimes they're like, like in 2009, why are you buying a, a, a house right now? Yo, the world's about to end. Like, you know, that, that like naive thinking, right? And it's negative energy. So, but if someone is accepting and like, oh yeah, you should buy a house. Like, how can I get in? How can I help you? Right. And that, that's just bouncing around your family that like, it, like, um, speeds up right the the transformation and i just think that's super important to uh to point out it also has to be a transformation of energy as well as transformation of wealth um but yeah uh i i i 100% agree that i think like right now um i think the youth and reaching out to the youth and making sure that we're relatable um is super important so um i actually in 2020 during the pandemic i wrote my first book and i just released it actually um, oh nice it's called Money Money Talks, The Beginner's Guide to Investing. Um, and it's pretty much a conversation between two kids. Um, and they just really talk about money. And they talk cool. about um, everything from 401ks to real estate to stocks to crypto to literally everything um, and how, how to budget, manage money. Um, and it, it, it's, doing, it's doing really well, man. It, was, it, it released and debuted as number one on children's books um, on Amazon and new releases. Wow. So uh, yeah, just just want to shout that out because um, for the audience, um, if you if you haven't um, taken a look, um, this is a, a way to trans transfer uh, your 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 energy and and your wealth around your family. Um, it's a great start. But yeah, um, I wanted to ask you the one place that uh, you haven't but wish to invest in. Well, actually, for me. Uh... It is, I'm, I am agnostic to markets. So I don't, I don't necessarily care about what market it is. It's pretty much what um, the numbers tell the me. Numbers. <laughs> so what, what I tell people, look, what I try to do at KJ Consulting is I'm trying to teach you how to be a skilled fisherman and also how to figure out where the fish are. So if you, some people become rich because they just figure out where the fish are. They back their truck up. They just get rich. You're lucky. So if I can teach you how to look for the fish, you already know how to look. But if I make you a skilled fisherman, you can basically catch fish and become really well off or find properties in any market. So imagine if you're able to be a skilled fisherman and be able to detect good markets. So for me, I'm nimble and I'm flexible. I'm moving to where the puck is going. Um, and so that's the way I think about the markets. But some people, if you really do like, uh, you want to just have fun and stuff, you're like, hey, I'm really, really well off. I want to just buy a rental property in Hawaii. So I have reasons to go out there and take my family and get a write off. Um, then you can start building out a platform uh, or a footprint in certain markets that you really, really enjoy. But for me, 
uh, I am always going to wherever I think the best opportunity is. Yeah. And that's the thing about real estate is that uh, there's so many ways to manage it and build wealth in within it. You know, there's so many ways and and so many exit strategies. Um, but yeah, no, that's great. Do you have any uh, overseas international properties? Or? I'm, not, I'm not having any investments overseas. Well, one of my students. Uh, one of my students I'm coaching, he has 10 in Columbus, Ohio, and now he's building like uh, a big a duplex in oh, Ghana shit. Uh, oh, as shit. a rental unit. So, yeah. but I, I, I'm open to thinking outside the box. I don't yeah. just don't have any right now. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, cool. Well, um, I want to start, I want to uh, go into the Hella Misguided segment. Um, and this question is always the same throughout my audience. Um, it's, uh, if you were to write a letter to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? Give me a summary. The first thing I would tell myself, and I'm assuming that IG exists, I would <laughs> say 18-year-old self, you need to follow. First thing you need to do is follow KJ Consulting. That is the first thing I would do. Because it, to me, it's wow. You have a web, a page that actually recommend all the books, KR and Joe's favorite books. So you know about investing, lifestyle, all those different things. And you get videos that will educate you on the key terms and captions that are really concrete. So that would be the first thing I tell myself, because I would tell myself intellectual capital is very, very important. Absolutely. Second thing I would do is definitely tell them, listen to uh, podcasts like yours, which make you think out the box, because you don't always want to think in a straight line. I want you to look down the street and be able to figure out what's around the corner. So the first thing is the intellectual capital. Focus on that. The second thing I would tell you is now I want you to focus on intellect. is focus on the financial capital. So therefore, I would tell my young self, make sure you have relationships with the local credit unions, the small banks, and big banks, because then you start to understand what these lenders require. And also understand and probably pick up your book so that we know what you should do for your Roth 401k or your traditional IRA. So you know some, some me measure of money management. So one would be focus on the intellectual part, then focus on the financial capital, and then continue to strengthen the social capital where you focus on building those relationships that you can leverage and you can use all three to make uh, effective change in other people's lives. Most definitely, most definitely. Um, okay, that's, that's a great, uh, great answer. Uh, I want to hop back to the real estate because um, a lot of people are probably wondering how the hell you have 100 properties under your personal name. So... Can you go into detail on, do you split it up in LLCs? Do you, yeah, is it all great, in your name? That's a great question. So what I, what, what I do and what we do at KJ Consultants is we encourage you to first get the first 10 properties in your personal name. And the reason why is yep. one, you're going to get a longer amortization, which means that your loan is going to be based on 30 years versus if you did in the LLC, it'll be based on like 20 years. So yep. one, you're going to have, um, a longer amortization of the loan. The second thing is that your interest rate is going to be lower. So extremely, if you're doing your personal, extremely. you may be for 3% versus 5% or 6% in the LLC. So one, amortization, two, because of the lower interest rate. And three, the other reason why you want to do it is because you're able to get lower terms in terms of the insurance. When you go get insurances, things of that nature, actually the, the premium will be cheaper than your personal name. The third thing, the fourth thing is that overall, 
actually, when you buy that first property, and if you live in it, you may actually get into a tax exempt program, or you may get into one of these homestead programs where your property taxes are lower because you live in the unit. So the first thing you should do, the first nine, in which I did, is I put in my personal name and you get an umbrella insurance to protect you in addition to the regular insurance. So you're gonna get higher cash flows when you first start off and the requirements for down payments are lower when you put in your personal name. So the first 2009, I had one in my name and then 2018, I had nine units in my name. And then when I start buying apartment buildings, that's when I open up my LLC and I put it into my LLC's name. And so that was my journey, um, pretty much saving the cash flows from the individual houses and also saving the money from the refis. So I will buy a property, say for $22,000, put $17,000 into it, the rehab it and fix it. So I'm all in at about like $39,000. That house will then get appraised. I will get it valued and appraised. It'll come out to be like 115,000. In simple math, you walk away with like $80,000 in cash. Um, from the refi. And so after that, I get that money, I could put that money towards a down payment. I bought like, say, a triplex, and it cost me 180000 or what have you to make it easy, 200000 You multiply that by, let's say, make simple math, 30%, you're going to get 60000 You got the $60,000 down payment from the money that you came, you got from when you did the refi on an individual house. And you keep doing that over and over that's how you're able to scale up and go to an apartment building. So then I bought like a five unit for 325,000. So imagine if you put 20% down and say that was just 300,000, all you gotta come up with is 60,000 for that building. Then you buy something else. So that was my process. Fix the old properties, refi them, rent them out and put the money aside. And then you're able to build up your portfolio. And then later, once you're really successful, people will come banging on your door and say, can we partner with you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it's also uh, much easier to have it in your personal name and transfer it to an LLC as opposed to buying an LLC straight off the bat. Um, so that's also and something. You avoid do. those fees too with the LLC. You have those annual fees. So yeah. it's so many different things. So beneficial. California, California is, is $800 annual fee. It's the most expensive oh my ever. And, and then the people want to be wilding out. So they're going to open up like 10 or 15 LLCs. Yeah. They're just crazy. So I was going to ask you that. So a lot. Oh my God. So Clubhouse, Clubhouse, Clubhouse. You got all these people. Man, you got, you need an LLC for each house you own, a different one because uh, it protects the liability. If someone falls, they can sue you for your whole empire. Like blah, blah, blah. You know how expensive and time consuming each LLC for each house, especially if you have 100? Like, that's ridiculous. So how are that's you ridiculous. splitting it up? Like, is it like 20, 25, 30? Like so what, what, I, what I do is I still have the nine houses in my uh, individual name. I still have that in my individual name. Okay. And then what I would do with an LLC. So like my 24 unit is in one LLC. Yep. And then I have 21 other units in one LLC. And then yep. I have 20 units in another LLC. There you go. So yeah. I, I definitely don't think you need to uh, nah, be nah. having 100 different LLCs. <laughs> the and the litigation is just too much. It's too much. It's, it's just too much. Your, your, uh, your tax CPA will hate you. <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it doesn't serve you any purpose. That's yeah. why you get the umbrella insurance over your regular insurance in your individual can, housing. Can you talk about that? I actually never heard about that um, before. And, and uh, oh, I don't, think, so I don't like, think the audience has heard about it. So like, if you do like, a, say you bought a property for 20,000, you just paid a regular insurance, which probably the premium is like $400 a, a year or $500 a year. That will give you the insurance to replace the property 
And probably if you lose rent or something like that, say the property is worth 100, the insurance will give you probably, you get the insurance at 100,000. That's just the coverage you have for the property. And um, in addition to that, you can go out and get an umbrella, which is like, you know, when you go outside, when you leave the house, you may have on a raincoat because you know it's going to rain. So that's the first layer of protection. Your body is your house. You have your raincoat on. And instead of just going out with a raincoat, I tell you, go get an umbrella. And the umbrella will protect you as well. So that makes sure the water doesn't hit you. So if someone decides to sue you, we have an additional coverage on top. So we have this individual house, $100,000 coverage, but we have a $2 million coverage on top You're of to protect five you. Yeah, yeah. To protect you in case someone decided to be greedy. Um, and so that, that's the way you should think about it. So if you have like two houses and you have $200,000 $200, in regular coverage, you can have the umbrella, which could be a million dollars or 500,000. So actually have 700,000 protecting these two properties. Is it expensive? The monthly premium? No, it's not expensive. It's only okay. like a few dollars. It's not oh, shit, you, yeah. You got to do it then. You got to do it. You got to do it. It's <laughs> just a few dollars. For sure. What's the one mistake you made early on? You know, we the, the the purpose of this podcast is to guide people. Um, to oh well, I think that the, I, actually I've been very fortunate, um, and uh, we all make mistakes. But I think the one thing that was hilarious, um, I, I would say necessarily, is that sometimes you you love your family, all your family do not know what they're doing. So I would like I lived in Boston, so uh, my dad will come by my rental and have the contractors working and everything. And he sometimes will come and do his own little damn thing. He'll just go into the bathroom and he's scraping stuff and painting stuff. My contractor said, what the hell? You, you, you can't be having him coming up in here changing stuff. So sometimes you got to be careful about just letting your family get all involved because they'd go in a different direction. I was like, yo, you got you can't be coming up. And you you just related to the boss. You ain't the boss. Yeah, like yeah. I had to pay back all the money to fix everything he did. That's so, hilarious. Like just you can just imagine like the, the old school pops mentality. Like, man, we could get, we could do this for way cheaper. Like I got this. Yes. Like, yeah. I, I, no. That's so y'all messing up the, the y'all messing up all the good things about the bathroom. I said, no, no, no. They're doing what I told them. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, cool. Cool. Well, what made you expand your journey to uh consulting and mentorship? I mean, your co-founder, he was your mentor. Uh, I mean, your mentee uh, at first. So like, what made you, you know, want to relate to the people in a different way as opposed to just posting, that's hey, a, I do real estate. <laughs> that's a great question. So actually it, it was pretty uh, wild because uh, I, Joe's like my number, one of my number one students, he's a beast um, and hard worker, very, very smart. And I will work with people one-on-one -on -one and just do like private consultation or charge a fee or something like that. And he said, hey, R, I know you're super busy. You have multiple businesses, but I think we should probably start KJ Consulting and formalize and have a partnership. And I told him, I said, okay, we'll figure this out. I don't, I don't mind splitting the economics, but I can't do the day-to-day. -day. I need, if you're going to drive this baby, you got to really drive it. Don't just show me a beautiful baby. You got to be able to, it's like if your girl would have you talking about, yo, we should have a child. Like, yo, make sure you hold on to in the bargain. They'll be coming to me. Yeah. I ain't got yeah. time for no damn pretty baby. I yeah. need baby. Yeah. Um, and so Joe was like, look, everything you taught me, I went from zero units in 2018 to 60 units in 2020. Other people need to be educated. And so I was like, all right, let's come up with KJ Consulting so that we can educate people because there's a lot of miseducation out there. Like you were saying, telling people to get a thousand LLCs. 
a lot of miseducation telling people go get a million dollars worth of business credit when you don't even know how to tie your, sh your shoestrings properly. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to build out a legacy and a movement where we educate people and we make the course affordable. And so that you know that, look, this is not rocket science. I'm not doing surgery. I'm just trying to teach you the best practices so that you can go out there and have a build a foundation for you and your family. So it was all about that. So we decided to figure out a way, how can we educate people on, on real estate and do consultations if they have questions so that a lot of people are not misguided, especially people that look like me. So that was hard. Well hard said. Thank you for throwing that misguided in there. That that's that's amazing. But um, no, so explain like, okay, so what is the consulting? I've seen multiple ways of, you, you mentioned the, the, the course, right? So they sign up. Um, how much is your course? My course is $349. Just sign up $349 a, a year, one right? Time, one, no, oh, one, one time. time oh, okay. $349, no more, no less. You will spend four hours with you and we will teach you how I analyze markets and individual deals, give you the Excel templates, you punch the numbers in. The other thing is we're actually going to give you the war stories and success stories. Basically, everything I have done and Joe have done to be this successful and then I don't believe in one night stands and I don't remain, I don't believe in charging you again. So your 349 will entitle you to access to my team and also me, but we'll do a check-in for the next 12 months, once a month, no additional charge. Because I'm not doing this to get rich off of you. I'm doing this to build up the community and the movement. So that's yeah. the difference between our course. What really stands out to me about that is the check-in. I think that's super important instead of just giving them and say, hey, go, you know, go ride this bike. You know, you watched a YouTube video on how to do it. Go like you're checking in, you're you're making sure they're OK. And if they're struggling, um, they can come to you and have access to your team. I think that's super, super important. Yeah. And um, make but, sure you don't embarrass me. <laughs> Most right. Right. Because the, the students, they, they are your name, KJ um, Consulting. So that's good. So it's kind of a mixture of of kind of live in person or live virtual um, coaching, but yep. also pre-recorded, you know, war stories and success success stories or yep. we'll walk you through the success stories and we'll do a case study with you. Like, we'll we'll go to the Internet while we're on Zoom, walk you through all the things we would do to analyze markets around the country. I have students that invest in Columbus, Ohio, and Maine, and uh, Georgia, and um, Massachusetts, all over. So we okay. walk you through places. It's like real live, concrete education uh, opportunity for you to learn, and then continue to have that relationship throughout the next 12 months. So to make sure that you're implementing stuff. And if you're nervous, you don't have to pay an extra additional cost just to get that consultation. Yep. Most definitely. Most definitely. Okay, cool. Cool. Well said. Well said. Uh, what's financial freedom to you? What's that look like in your eyes? Is there a number or what is it? So, so for me, um, I've already achieved the financial freedom uh, and I'm blessed. I'm excited about that. Every day I wake up, sometimes I do, I work out for two hours a day. I do some stretching. I do some splits, some cartwheels, because I went from being dirt poor to being really well off. So the financial freedom is having the opportunity to do what you want to do every day. If you want to spend more time doing, uh, making money because you want to do consultation calls all day, then do so, not me. Um, I like to be able to have the flexibility to put other people, they can leverage my brand so they make more money. So like, I love the fact that I'm able to help like my aunt with the cleaning business or my brother as a realtor or property manager or my stepmom or my niece and my nephew as interns or my business partner having a vision 
Uh, he still has his nine to five, but he think that these will be good businesses that will put him in a position to be financially free. So I'm more focused on that transformational walk now. Now I already have my financial independence and I also have a, a substantial amount of wealth. Now is how do I educate people, inspire people and elevate the lives of people around me? Most definitely. Most definitely. I like that. Um, well, damn. Yeah. I, you know, uh, every time I ask this question, it, it, I get like time, time always pops up, like ha having the, the time to do whatever I want when I want. And I think that's super important. Um, because on the surface or on TikTok or on Clubhouse, a lot of people promote financial freedom as a number, right? A number to get to. It used to be back in the day. It's like, man, when I get a million dollars, I'm out of here. I'm out of the hood. You feel me? Like a million dollars was just like the yep. thing to get to. Now a million dollars is like a dollar. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So um, the number is always changing. That's why financial freedom is not just one definition it's more based on time and what yes. and it's based on uh your characteristics of the individual um and so mm -hmm. well said yeah. well said thank you for answering that cool well um i appreciate you coming up here the way we like to wrap up the episode is with a segment called uh guided conclusions where i ask you just a random question um that we haven't talked about previous to this it can be funny serious um any type today's question is what is your purpose in doing all of this? So I, I, I can't stress this enough. When I worked on Wall Street, I wasn't chasing a position. I was more interested in my purpose. So I wanted to live a purpose-driven life. And for me, that means carrying my family and my community and my friends and people I'm interested on my shoulders. Because I'm not self-made, I'm community-made. People pour it into me. They may not have money, but they love me, they care about me, they educate me, they help me become who I am today. And so that is my purpose, to create transformational wealth for all my students, all my friends, all my loved ones. I want us to change the way we look at the world and the way we do business. And that's primarily the number one thing I'm focused on at KJ Consulting. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, cool, cool. Well, hey, um, KR, man, I appreciate you uh, dropping in on this Zoom. Uh, I wish it was in person, but I'm sure we'll, we'll meet some, some, someday later. Um, go ahead and drop all your uh, social media where they can find you, your website. Perfect, perfect. So the number one place, I just tell people, look, come to KJ Consulting, K-A-Y-J-A-Y-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G. KJ Consulting, our IG page. If you click the link on our bio, you can subscribe to our emails uh, where we're going to tell you all the stuff we're doing. We're rehabbing these apartment buildings, reducing expenses, raising rents. So you'll get exposed to that. You'll get updates on other things we're doing. On our page, we do motivational Mondays. Uh, we have Tuesday workout tips on Wednesdays. Uh, we do financial literacy on Friday. So we just trying to bring the knowledge. So I hope you guys check us out at KJ Consulting, our IG page, and click on the link and become one. Do you, of do you have a, a YouTube? We don't have YouTube. People Bruh, keep asking, yo, where's the YouTube? Your personality would be perfect for YouTube and TikTok. You need a TikTok. But you have like a, a, a on-camera personality, and you need to hop on that as soon as possible. Oh, all right. I'm going I'm to have to take that. I'm going to have to take that. I love the compliment. Definitely would love to catch up with you if you're ever in New York. I'm in Manhattan right now, but I'm hey. sure I'm going to check out the West Coast. I got, um, I got, that's where my family's from, my whole dad's side. I got a hell of family in New York. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So th this is fun. 
to me, I'm doing this because I just want to give back, build a legacy, have fun. Uh, it's a great thing to do. Uh, yeah, man, you're, you're doing this because you you love to help. And like, you know, I didn't I didn't have to like do too much to get you on here. I asked and you responded right away and you were like, oh, hell man. yeah, hell yeah. You know, some people are. Think about it, right? People like us, you want to inspire people, anybody, regardless of your class or race or ethnicity or sexuality. I don't give a damn. If you're a good person, we have share the same values. That's what matters. We, no one has a monopoly on overcoming obstacles. We all face them. So let's just come together. So as I remember in 2009 being happy when I was getting like, uh, if you, you you guys think everybody get a thousand dollars a month in rent, but that's that's that new game. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you happy you get seven hundred, eight hundred. So you'd be happy with six thousand, seven thousand in a whole year in two thousand and nine. And then in two thousand and eighteen, I was working and still, and I made eighty five thousand a year in rental income. I said I'm balling, but now I make close to a hundred grand a month in rental income. So the game can change. So I think what we need is people like us that's educating and being open and being humble. That's the that's how we're gonna change the world. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Well, hey, I appreciate you, uh, KR. Thank you for coming. Um, and you guys heard it here. Make sure you uh, go follow, subscribe to this channel, and please rate on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Um, really appreciate you guys tuning in um, and hope to hear from you soon. You heard it here. This is the Misguided Podcast. We intend to guide you to a better future. My name is Juwan. Again, go follow KR. All, right, All it took was patience and some time dedicated. Ooh, I could taste it. Now I'm getting calls by all the girls who waited on me back when i was an undersized teen squeaky voice long hair goatee i swear i waited so long for the moment i can say fuck off but i always been loyal stuck in the hole you know i got the shovel no need to ask you know i got your back even through the trouble can't nobody fuck with us who want it i preach no violence but we roll up on you like sonic i'm about it if you doubt it got my celly on my hip always here to reach Hit me up whenever, even if I'm overseas If she with it, she could get it Call me when she please All my homies know I got you Never take a set to think Hit me up, I could be your plug Anytime you want mm, yeah. Hit me up, anytime you want I could be your plug mm, yeah. Hey Hit me up, hit me up, hit me up. I could be your plug. She call me when she want. I'm fine with that. No need to rush, cause I'm busy. And she busy down the fuck. Let's get this quickie. Travel city to city for her cookie. Oh, I'm always here in reach, like the State Farm link. You can count on me. Best believe you can call me when you please. HMU when we text. Sad emoji when you leave. Oh, I think I think I want you now. Always here to reach Hit me up whenever, even if I'm overseas If she with it, she could get it Call me when she please All my homies know I got you Never take a set to think Hit me up, I could be your plug Anytime you want mm, yeah. Hit me up, anytime you want I could be your plug Shit gets too heavy, they know I spot them How could I forget where I came from Just from what I become Searching for the meaning of life I found means to the end Realized once I 
I love myself, I found a reason to live e Each one, teach one I just wanna share the love And I hope you know when you're fam You know you're taken care of The city don't sleep, replace me That's unlikely And fam ain't determined by what you bleed But by loyalty Tell me what you know about respect Could you trust someone you spent Your whole life with Money got involved, they turn suspect Don't let them get in my way Can't take me out of my zone I'll be there when you call, I swear You're not alone Born and raised in the Bay and I traveled the globe But if we need to go dumb on a bitch Just tell me when to go Call me in an instant Problems at home Hit me up and I'll listen If you gotta call three times in a row Don't worry, I could be your plug Anytime you want, you know I got you It's all love Don't worry, I could be your plug Anytime you want, you know I got you It's all love Got my celly on my hip Always here to reach Hit me up whenever, even if I'm overseas If she with it, she could get it Call me when she please All my homies know I got you Never take a set to think Hit me up, I could be your plug